Welcome back to Full Metal RPG episode number 63. I'm your host, Brennan Carrion, and today, Adam's gone. Heather's gone. So, filling in, we got Richard. Hi, everybody. It's what Richard. Up, what up, Richard? Not much. Just uh, here uh, filling in for some greats. <laughs> you got you. Everybody remembers Richard from his previous appearances. And we got Daryl. What up, Daryl? What's up? Daryl's from the Wrecking Crew, man. Yep. Re- Wrecking Crew representing. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute since we had any Wrecking Crew representation on the show. I'm really happy that you came down. Kind of, I mean, is Wrecking Crew still a World of Darkness podcast? Is, oh, yeah. yeah. Is it? Yep. yep. All right. Well, we Absolutely. Got, you know, I feel like Adam and I have kind of fallen off that World of Darkness bandwagon in a, in, a, in a certain way, so it's good to have some World of Darkness rep at the table once again. So, gentlemen, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that you guys represent the role-playing arm of Arizona Game Fair. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, Daryl is the coordinator, and I'm the director of Mayhem. Woo, so the director of Mayhem. It's oh. my favorite title of all time. It's going to go on a resume at some point. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get to some of that. Well, you know, you guys will have a chance. We'll kind of talk about some of that in just a second here. But first, what have we been playing? So, I'll start. I'll get us warm. How about that? I'll warm us up. Yeah. Um, so, I haven't been doing a lot of... Uh, RPG gaming recently. I uh, have been doing Necromunda, which is super weird because you know I, I have a I have a, a lot of miniatures gaming in my background. I love miniatures. I try to keep it off this show because I feel like it's a role playing show. Don't nobody wants to hear about fucking miniatures. The thing about Necromunda that's so great is that it's essentially like a role playing game with a with a really huge miniatures element to it. You know, you could say it's a miniatures game with a role-playing element. Ah, it's D&D 4th. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of is. It sort of is. I mean, like, I, I feel like when we're playing, it's like, it's not too much of a stretch because, yo, we played Pathfinder. It's a lot of moving guys around on maps and making checks and uh, fighting things and stuff. But Necromunda unlike many of the other kind of like GW um, games that purport to have like a campaign mode or a campaign element and then like really, really kind of don't, Jamie from Coliseum Rex is going to hammer me on that one. But <laughs> but uh, I feel like they don't. I feel like Necromunda really comes through with that. So uh, a lot of the guys in my crew, we've got a lot of, we've been painting up Necromunda gangs and um, I've been writing a, a big kind of like sweeping Necromunda story um, that we're going to play through in, a, in campaign mode. And then the outcome of the individual battles will affect, um, you know, what happens next in the game. Um, not not quite Mordheim levels of, like, equipment and stuff, right? Well, but I mean, like- it's similar. It's similar, Necromunda and Mordheim, you know? I feel... but. But you, you're right. You're right. Like, um, I, I feel like Mordheim is is a little bit is a little bit more scaled back from what you can do with Necromunda. Okay. Necromunda was incredibly well fleshed out as a setting and as a universe, and really, kind of the um trick that I feel like makes the makes it click in your head where you're like, oh, I can turn this into a role playing game, is instead of imagining it as a miniatures game, 
just imagine it as a Shadowrun game. And you're like, oh, okay. Instead of instead of instead of controlling a Shadowrunner, I'm going to control a gang of of Shadowrunners, and then we're going to have missions. And that really makes it work much better. Yeah, that really makes it work much better. But so, you, but you're still just playing missions. You're, you're it, is there a narrative element in between missions? Is there? Well, what what I want to do? I mean, because okay, look, what I want to do is I want to take um, Wrath and Glory the new 40k role playing game and i want people to take their characters like 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 the leader of their gang or a ganger that they have a, represented as a miniature and to kind of like flesh it out as a character and then i'd like to do a little bit of tabletop kind of like in downtime where it's like there's it's it's like incredibly narrative um i suspect i'll get some resistance from my players on this which is weird considering that they're all like big tabletop rpg guys um but in lieu of that I've created like a storyline that will be seeded throughout the map. And then as things are happening, that will like shift the course of play. And I'll, and I'll essentially have like a little, almost like a, like a Star Wars crawl, like before mm-hmm, each battle. Mm-hmm, I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, because of this fucking thing that's going on in the Underhive, now you guys find yourself in this precarious situation. Um, also, Necromunda comes with lots and lots of baked in rules for, uh, um, essentially fucking with the characters, the, the players on the board, and then and then having non just basic pitch to battle type engagements. It's um uh, all all the little battles that they that are built into the book are very narrative and flavorful, and um they encourage you to make up your own. Un- unlike unlike the like other miniatures games that sort of fetishize balance, <laughs> ne- Necromunda <laughs> is completely wacky. So anybody who's attempting to impose the concept of balance into it is just way off base anyway. They wouldn't have a good time. I think balance is kind of a, a false concept in gaming anyways. Like, it, you, I know that people try to strive for it, but it just like, you know what? At certain points, like, everybody, everybody should be able to shine in some way. But like... If you try to strive for balance, then you often end up with just vanilla paste. <laughs> like, I mean, um, I think that kind of in this current era of gaming, gal- balance has been sort of weirdly fetishized. You know, you hear about it a lot. You hear about people being like, I mean, it. When I first started gaming, nobody gave a shit about balance. We, I don't know if we had the vocabulary to discuss it. You know, people were like, wow, Rifts is wacky. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. This is so weird. You're a glitter boy, and I'm like a rogue scholar. This doesn't seem fair, you know? But nobody was talking about balance with each other, you know? But now that that term has come into the parlance, and we've and we've had, I think, I feel like about half a decade, people really pursuing that on a design level. And now I feel like we've reached this tipping point where people are starting to have this discussion that says balance is actually antiseptic and and it it creates a weirdly kind of like like sterile uh vacuum of fun and that imbalance is fine as long as you have fun you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely yeah fun fun is the name of the game it reminds me of malifaux the last miniatures game i got into uh same issues where they originally released the game with with a lot of play testing to make sure that things were balanced. Uh, of course, over the course of the you know first year of the release uh, for second edition, it it came about that there were some tricks and combos that really were powerful. 
Uh, and then they started to nerf those and it just gave rise to other combos. What's the next most powerful thing until it just, it just got out of hand trying to play that balancing game, uh, on the seesaw going back and forth until now the third edition. And they're just killing everything that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that, that really bums me out is, is you have these games now that are coming out both in tabletop and in minis that are, um, almost surgical in their precision and their sort of fetishization of of the perception of balance and uh one of the things that i love about necromunda is that it just throws all that shit out it's like it's like it's like every everything the, the ground will never be steady underneath you there'll be times when your gang is fucking amazing there'll be times when the scenario is just punishing you for being alive but it goes around for everybody and that kind of that spark that happens when you're playing something that's just really interesting and engaging. That's so much more fun than be than standing there and like stroking your beard and being like, well, you know, <laughs> at least this is completely fair. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever thought that. <laughs> Even when it was completely fair, like playing chess. Yeah, like that- ch- yeah, chess is the completely fair game that only gets unfair when you have players of different skill but it, it's it's just like i at least this game where i'm getting horribly beaten is completely fair it's Com- like no completely <laughs> fair <laughs> anyway enough about fucking necromunda what you guys been playing seriously uh so i'm knee deep in promethean the created uh by far one of the most interesting of the the chronicles of darkness games i've played yet um it's we we started with the mortals game we went from mortals to hunter and and played a very uh unbalanced hunter game uh the players were not uh, they were they were tier one just starting out and uh it ended up being a really frustrating experience i think because the the adventure path put them up against insurmountable odds which was kind of my bread and butter and jam as a uh, uh a gm but because you wrote it right yeah yeah, yeah 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 um I, I, I love to, to look at the hopelessness, you know, the difficult choices of, I know I'm going to die. It's just, what do I want to do before I hit, hit before I kick the bucket? Uh, Promethean, on the other hand, um, it's, it's a much longer game. Uh, you know, the, the, the best way I've heard it described is that it's the only role-playing game on the market that you can win. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, the, the players have an objective to get to to achieve their new dawn, to become human. Because you begin as a golem. Yeah, well, right? you, you are essentially an animated corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, we started from scratch. They woke up on the slab with no recollection of who they were, how they got there, or what they were supposed to do. Uh, they were just told, run. And they're learning and getting objectives along the way, but I'm, I'm intentionally holding back from giving them any sense of direction because I want them to feel lost. Uh, the side benefit is that we've been in some really interesting situations so far. Uh, the players themselves, I, I had an entire session where I sat back as a GM and didn't utter but like five words. The players are like, okay, so we have to cross state lines. How do we do that? We've got, we've got a semi-truck. We've got no manifest. We've got no identification. We've got no nothing. And I was like, yeah, how are you going to cross state lines? And they wrote the entire game. Spent, they were rolling without me prompting them to, trying to figure out how to forge their documentation. It was wonderful. And it's like, you know, as a GM, I never would have picked that as a problem. As a GM, I'm like, no, no, no. Where's the monster? Where's, where's the big bad? Uh, how, how are we tying this into the huge plot? And 
it turned out to be a really interesting aside to do this. How do we cross state lines in a no, semi truck? I think that's great because that's World of Darkness for you, right? It's 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 uh it's uh human drama, right? Right, 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 and you especially know? in this case, yeah. Um, uh, you know, when we get into Werewolf or Vampire, there will be other problems to deal with, but in this case, the, the Promethean game is all about. What is it to be human and what challenges do humans face? And you can't avoid them because that's the experience. Right. And how, how, many, how many sessions do you have of that? Uh, let's see. We are about seven or eight sessions in at this point. You do that weekly, right? Yeah, that's our weekly game. Yeah. Are you uh, looking at tying that off or is it just, are you guys going to just go? So, so uh, next week's game is going to be kind of a climactic moment. And I have some plans for how to accelerate because I really want to push into the more advanced levels. Um, you know, Promethean isn't exactly a slow build. The, the powers you get as a Promethean are, are pretty wild out the gates, but I want to get where we're going without getting bored and getting bogged down and having players wander away. Are you using the first edition or the second edition? First edition. Really? Yes. I heard first edition was very problematic in the way that it worked, like on a mechanical level. Are so, you- uh, well, we've always played kind of loose with the rules. Um, we use the systems we like. We throw out the systems we don't. Uh, but I have an expert on the team. Uh, Steven is like, he is the Encyclopedia Brown of World of Darkness. If there's a mechanic for it, he will bring it up at the table, uh, which is cool because he, he uses it to min-max his character, and that's awesome. But uh, <laughs> uh, he also uses it to lift up other players and let them know, hey, no, no, you don't have to make that lunacy check. Your, your composure is high enough. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that, but cool. Well, well what, what I love about this is I, because Daryl and I work together, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the lunch table is often the GM workshop for this, so so we often workshop ideas at, at lunchtime, which has gotten into we get we get an audience now. Oh yeah, so yeah, the yeah. people that come in to like put their stuff in the microwave are like, we love what you guys are talking about. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about at all, but we love every time you guys are talking about it, which I find highly hilarious. But what what the great moment for me was when Steven, the min-maxer, had decided to make this kicking character. That everything was about <laughs> kicking. And then he decided, it, because of role-playing, he decided to actually change his character to not be min-maxed. Yeah. And that to me is an amazing feat of GMing is to get to that point where not everything can be solved with a kick. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's been cool. But the, the system itself, uh, to get back onto the system, is, I mean, in any system, there's a lot to, to keep track of. The language in the first edition World of Darkness or Chronicles of Darkness books uh, is so different from anything else you're learning a new language as you go you know what's vitriol what's pyros what's azoth how does it get used what does it get used for uh and there are i think the book could have been distilled down into about 30 pages of tables to explain the game um that's the thing about those world darkness books is they're they're kind of like a 90s trad game still huh they they write fat books like really thick books yes and and if you'd asked me three years ago, I'd say it was too much, but I'm really starting to get into the uh, the meta that's in the books, the the side notes, the ideas that it throws at you, uh, and especially in the Promethean line, uh, the core book is is good, and it lays down all the rules, and it's everything you need to play outside of the, the standard blue book, but the four additional books for it, just they're just so full of freaking ideas. 
uh, if I get stuck for half a second, I just pull out one of the books, crack it open to a random page, and pff, I got an idea. Um, That's the classic World of Darkness. So, like, so, especially that that era, they had a really great kind of toolbox approach for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Was, which was awesome. It's, 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 it's kind of sad to see aspects of that having gone away. Um, Richard, how about you, man? You getting any games? You getting um, any games, dog? We well, role playing. I've been kind of in a role playing desert because I've I've not been going to the club lately because I've been trying to. Uh, I know he's shaking his head. Yeah, going to the club is what I'm shaking my head at. It's like when I hear somebody say going to the club, I imagine like you know strobe lights and Some like EDM. heavy bass. Well, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, it's, it, it's more like a goth club because everybody's wearing black. But uh, <laughs> uh, but the RPG FMRPG club, which is awesome, but I've just been having. Uh, scheduled other events on Fridays and like it's like well crap it's all good so, dude so I we uh, the last role playing thing I did was an amazing character building session that I'm hoping to get back to so we'll not talk about that <laughs> Um, He's burning me for my Apocalypse <laughs> World game that I need to be running. Yeah, well, well Mark Diaz Truman uh, uh, assigned me to run Apocalypse World for my friends, and I did a character building session, and then I haven't returned to it because of other things. Right, and I and and I need to as soon as I get like the like inertia of my life back under control. We'll we'll get back. Fair, to fair. I, I'll not go into that, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I mean the last game I really played was uh, it was kind of a more of a Euro strategy game. I was playing uh, uh, Ye- uh, Yellow and Yangtze, which is like this like it's more of I thought it was going to be a cube pusher, like one of these like super like Euro board games, but it was actually like more of a strategy game where you're like trying to create riots in cities and like create wars oh, and that sounds awesome <laughs> but like yeah but it's it's a hex based where you're like putting things down on hexes and i was like wow i i could totally reskin this as like a cyberpunk game or like yeah. some some sort of like more interesting uh it's medieval chinese but which is cool no that's cool but uh that's been kind of the last because i didn't do very well the first game and then they're like Oh, you still you want to play that again? Because that's the, often the question in board game night is like, you didn't do very good, but you're interested. In, <laughs> you're, you're, you didn't do very good last time, but you want to play this again? And then I smoked them, ah. <laughs> and, and, and then they're like, "Wait, were you thinking about this for the last week?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, I, I didn't go do a mock up and run through <laughs> simulations. I, I didn't go on YouTube and watch every strategy video I could. No, no, I didn't do that. the The game I you know, got like 12 or someone else got 73. I, I was like, no, nah, that's okay. I don't need that game. That's <laughs> fine. But this game, I was like, no, this is my wheelhouse. I just didn't know all the rules. <laughs> so have you guys been collecting anything lately? That's the second part of the show. Yeah, yeah. We, we're talking about what we've been collecting. Who's been collecting anything? Um, Richard, you're looking kind of into the middle distance, man. I, yeah. Well, I get I, this feeling like I haven't purchased anything lately. No, I have well, because, um, the, uh, Modifius Star Trek adventures, I got that on uh, discount at Games U. Ah, the core book. Yeah, the core book. Neat. And then I bought also bought the miniatures set for the next generation, which is the most disappointing miniatures box I've ever opened. Really? Really? Because it's it's like a, it's like a five by eight box, yeah. right? It's a pretty big box. It is. And you open it, and it's two tiny baggies. Oh, oh my god! It's not, and they're all—I mean, there's little sprues in there, but it's basically like it's all the original cast of the Next Generation, including Tasha Yar. Oh. But it's 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 in like two. 
two by three baggies that are kind of stuffed in the corner and I like slid it out of there. I was like, what? Is, is <laughs> it at least full of foam that you can cut no, out? No, oh. no, it, it's just empty space. It's literally four times larger than it needs to be. So they made a big frontage so oh, yeah. you could put it up there and it looks nice on the shelf, but you're just buying a box of air. Right, essentially, and and it was marked at forty dollars originally, and you, and, and the the thirty two thirty two millimeter scale miniatures, and it's like eight of these miniatures, and they're all like tucked into the corner. I was like, at least leave them on the sprue or something, yeah, no so kidding. at least fills the box. See, like that's why I didn't ever pick any of those up because of uh, the thirty two millimeter. If they had been twenty eights, I would have picked some up. But like they're 30, small though, so they? they're. Well, I mean, I think they're. 32 millimeter true as opposed to ah, heroic yeah because i that was the other thing i was like why are they so small i thought they'd be a little i was like oh wait i'm used to like 28 millimeters they're giant yeah, right? yeah that these yeah. are heroic no no I'll, I'll show them to you sometime but it, it's hilarious i was like is does Riker actually have a beard or not like, does he have a beard is he bearded Riker? sort of can't it's, tell? it's real tiny his can head paint is one on yeah I'm totally gonna paint one on if there's not <laughs> there he's in such a uh uh he's not sitting backwards on a chair <laughs> but. Is, is is it uh for season one wharf where his hair is very kind of trim and like sun like slicked back or did it's, they get it, the bigger hair? No, it's it's definitely the smaller hair. It's oh, definitely like very first. Disappointing. It's like definitely first or second Ooh, uh, yeah. season I Riker. Like that. I don't like which that. Which is kind of lame. But the thing that I was most impressed with is I got a present of Art and Arcana, the history of Dungeons and Dragons art, and I got the special edition Ooh. as a gift. Wow. And this thing is like retails for like a hundred and fifty. You can get it for much less on Amazon. Um, <laughs> and uh, don't shop on Amazon, kids. Fuck Bezos. Anyway, go ahead. Right. Fair enough. Uh, but this thing is. I like. I sat there for, after I opened. it, I sat there for like two hours, not even reading it, just flipping from one page to the next, showing all the different versions of the Beholder, like from the yeah. like line drawing up yeah. through into fifth edition. Like it. It's an incredible book. I usually feel like those art books are kind of a scam. Like I'm kind of like, what? Well, I own all these fucking covers anyway. I just can fucking pull it off the shelf and look at it. But I saw a ton of like uh, pictures of what's inside that book on Instagram because everybody was snapping pictures, putting yeah, it on Instagram. Right. And I was like, fuck, I missed the boat on this. This is actually a fucking sick book. Yeah, it it is definitely really really awesome and more awesome because they didn't have to pay for it but <laughs> hell yeah but uh hell yeah, yeah that fun. like i only got through half of that book in about two hours and i wow. wasn't even, i wasn't even reading it that's how much i was like looking at each of the layouts and like oh that is legit it has yeah. been a long time since i saw a book of illustrations that just was as immersive as that well and and it's so heavy that you can't really hold it in one hand so i was using the table you know <sighs> that sounds rad. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring that over sometime. Yeah, I'm thinking so I'm going to buy one for my son for his birthday, just oh, so wow. that we can have it in the house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if I buy so it for him, I can justify the cost. <laughs> 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 so did, did either of you guys ever have Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials when you were kids? No. Oh, my God. I saw it. I never. I think I saw it at bookstores. I never owned it. But. Like, seriously, if you're go, go on eBay... And find a copy of Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials. It was like this this uh, fantasy illustrator guy in the 1970s or 80s or whatever. He he painted up all these um, 
aliens from from science fiction novels based on how they were described in the science fiction novel and he just had this like lavish touch and everything just looked so realistic it was so transportative to look at them and when i was like a little kid you know uh i hung out at the, the this this house uh where there was a college kid there but he's never he's never around he's had all this cool stuff he had like ninja turtles comics what was the eastman layered ones and he had borrows guys extraterrestrials he had some role-playing crap i fucking loved it finally my dad was able to get me one but uh for kids man that shit is just so golden it's just like fucking imagination fuel you know and like it, it, you can feel your brain working while you're looking at it and and uh the, your description of the art in Arcanum book reminds me of that so much just that you know falling into the pictures i love that stuff yeah and and that 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 uh I think somebody should really do an aliens book for a role playing game that's as lavish as that Barlow's Guide because I've seen some pictures and I kind of looked at a shelf, but like that is definitely a very influential book. For so. sure, for sure. How about you, Daryl? What have you got gotten lately? Anything so, good? so uh, uh, I actually fell into a large collection of uh, Chronicles of Darkness stuff. My friend Karen surprised me uh, at a holiday party, and she's like, I-, "I have a couple of books for you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I'm thinking, you know, okay, I'm gonna get another player's guide or something. <laughs> she had a trunk full of books. I almost had to make two trips, oh, and a lot of it was man. stuff I didn't already have. The stuff that I did have, I ended up uh, giving out to some of my players so we would have extra guides floating around that's awesome uh, but in addition to that uh, and richard's helping with this oh yeah i'm a, uh, I'm a dealer now too I, so. I have a friend uh my friend becca one of my one of the players in my monday night games uh, is a school librarian and she asked a while back she said hey i want to get some of the kids into role playing they're interested in dungeons and dragons can you help me out and it just so happened i had a set of uh fourth edition books and richard gave me some stuff and uh, recently we've got feedback that they're having some issues with the system trying to make characters Shocking. and, and they're, they're like, we don't, we don't like math already. And <laughs> this is what we're supposed to do for fun. Uh, so Richard, uh, at the last, uh, uh, gamers garage sale we had at, uh, the warehouse, yeah. uh, picked up a whole bunch of stuff, a whole stack. And I've been having a lot of people just randomly donate stuff. So, so we're, we're funding this school library and I'm not sure which school it is. I should ask, but yeah, there's a school library out there that is getting a kick-ass collection of role-playing games for their students. And, uh, my son is, my son is doing his Eagle Scout project and he's going to be doing, uh, an elementary school library. And funding them for a whole bunch of new books. So I'm thinking this can be a thing, you know, just collecting books and giving them to the kids, even if it's something they're not going to play, something that's too complex for them. Because I, I remember looking at advanced D&D when I was a kid and I never got that far into the rules, but we sure had fun rolling dice and looking at the pictures. Right. You know, you look <laughs> at the pictures, you get all excited and then you go like, oh, I'm, I'm this robot on this picture and you're this robot on this picture. And if uh, we encounter this monster, roll a dice and see what happens. And you, oh, it's an 18. Oh, I blow it up. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I mean, that's basically role playing anyway. You know, that's, that's the uh, it, essence of it. As long as you're having fun, it, the system really doesn't matter. And, and that's what kids understand <gasps> intrinsically. Oh, no. You're speaking my language, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Can you sorry. smell the dirty hippiness <laughs> wafting <laughs> off of me? And I try to, I'm trying to design a role-playing game eventually. So there's that, too. So uh, rules do matter. <laughs> the classic Oh, yeah. You're just going to write uh, some, some, some lore for your backstory. Oh, and then yeah. Just, and then just put that as a free PDF, right? Oh, it's yeah. Just up online and yeah, say, hey. 
hey what's... guys just read it and play doesn't yeah. rules don't matter yeah whatever system <laughs> you want to use it's fine um i just uh recently kind of put the final the final piece into my uh dark conspiracy collection i uh i had i had everything I had everything from the first edition. I don't have all the second edition stuff. And then there's this mysterious third edition that got like written but never released. And I guess you can find parts of it online. Anyway, the the second edition stuff is like really unbelievably expensive. And then it's just the old first edition books kind of like recut up and put into different orders so it makes more sense, which is cool. Well, whatever. I don't really need to spend like a hundred dollars a book to get that. So I have a complete first edition. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to run this for my friends, so I need some additional core books. And because I can't just have, like, one additional core book, I'm like, I got to have two extra core books. So I finally got in my third Dark Conspiracy first edition core book. And now I can rest, I guess. Now you can, I can just, like, <laughs> cross my arms over my chest and die. You can bury yeah. me with it. Um, I figure you're going to build a tomb out of all your role playing. Well, look at all the fucking miniatures over there. Oh, yeah. We were in the shadow I, of your, all your miniature <laughs> I was, stuff. I was, telling, I was telling Heather I could, like, lay that all out on the ground and then, like, throw a blanket over it and, like, sleep on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I buy any more, she may kick me out in the street and I'll have to. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that's what we're doing with role playing shit. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, so, you guys, I mean, in addition to this, like, fucking kick ass community building project that you got here with this library i mean i love this kind of stuff at full miller pg we're very passionate about going out into your community and fucking building role-playing groups because this is how we perpetuate the hobby this is how we have different voices in the hobby so people aren't just always like looking at critical role and thinking oh i gotta be like matt mercer or whatever i gotta get my monty python jokes in here you gotta you gotta get out there you gotta be an ambassador for the hobby and so we love that kind of stuff i didn't even know you were doing this school thing don't leave without letting me give you something. Oh, rock on, rock give, on. That's what I'll Much give you. appreciated. Awesome. I'll give yeah. you some stuff. Um, but you guys are up to something else entirely. You guys are doing some community building on a different scale. What are you What are you currently working on? Arizona Game Fair. We're doing the third year of Arizona Game Fair. It's on March 29th, 30th, and 31st, Mesa Arizona Convention Center. Uh, it's like a Pavlovian, Pavlovian response at this point. When I start that, <laughs> it just has to keep going until it stops. It's kind of like Full Metal RPG. It's it's just uh, it, yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> Did I sound weird there? Should I edit that part? No, out? no, it's fine. You sounded great. I sound weird. Um, we all sound weird. It's fine. Everything's fine here. Uh, but we're going into our third year. We're up in our game quite a bit. Like we were in. The A building and the B building last year, which is a... Pretty- it was two different buildings that were separated by a parking lot. Yes. Right. And, and it was kind of like, I'd say, what, 50, 60 yards in between them. Yeah. Yep. But because Arizona Game Fair is in the spring, it was actually kind of a nice walk because there were these trees. There's these kind of like park, like rolling hills. You were there at night. You're kind of off the road. There was a certain like ambiance about it that I really enjoyed. Fresh air is at a premium at most conventions. <laughs> yeah. let's just, I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say let, it. But. Let's just go there. So so now it's a new layout. Right. So we, we, we've gone to the B and the C building. Now, why would we go to the C building? The C building is somewhere around 20,000 square feet. It is, or even larger. I, I can't, it's, it's a barn. 
Like they, it's they, big. They throw rock shows at, in this hall. That's a li- okay. I've I've been to the Amazing Convention Center for a lot of different cons, going a long way back, long way when they were holding comic cons and stuff there. And that is a legitimate con space. That yes. is like it's like what you expect when you walk into a a trekky convention or a comic con or whatever it's big so 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 you guys are taking that area now yeah so we're we keep in the b b area where we had scheduled games that's where role-playing games are they're up in, we're up in our game a lot yeah, yeah like yeah. uh uh so we're going from like 10 tables to 30 tables of role-playing games Hooey, that is a jump that is yeah. a big jump yeah, and what's more exciting is that uh, the schedule is actually filling out really nicely. So we're excited. It's not going to be a big empty hall. It's it's also not going to be super packed elbow to elbow. You know, well, last year and, and the year before, we were in a smaller room, and uh, last year we, we really maxed out the schedule. Uh, and I I love busy spaces. I just noise is always a factor. So having the extra space this year. Uh, and we have some creative arrangements where we can kind of wall off an area if we're having a loud event, uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it's going to be a, a much different experience. It's going to be, you know, when I, when I went to Gen Con and I walked into one of the large gaming rooms, you know, it's, it's that kind of energy. You know, it's, it's not frenetic. It's not people shouting over each other, but there's a good buzz in the room. You can see a whole bunch of people having fun. Um, so with, with 30 tables of action, it's going to be great. Sometimes it's really fun to walk through a con gaming space and to see what people are playing mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm. see like kind of how they're engaging with it. Um, one of my best experiences from the second Gen Con I went to last year, last summer, was uh, I walked past this table a couple times because, you know, go and get water, blah, 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 whatever. And I kept seeing this fucking game that just looked amazing. And I and at the very end, when I was packing up all my shit to leave, I was like, what are you guys playing? Turned out they were playing Eclipse Phase. And oh, I was yeah. like, Holy are shit. you fucking serious? Holy I'm like, like, this is Eclipse Phase? Because this looks fucking amazing. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I've been chomping the bit for second edition to come out ever since. Anytime now. I, I, I keep <laughs> looking. There's a couple of the first edition books at Zia that... I just keep waiting for them to put on half so I can go and get them. Are they... Uh, they've uh, got the, the core, and then they've got uh, Rim Worlds and Outworlds, so... Really? Yeah. Well, it's, I it's, know, a full, I it's a full I know, set. I know what Zia you go to. <laughs> I know. You, you, you swiped some books already. You but shouldn't have told me that. No, no, no. no. If, you, if you want to grab it, I will totally play in that game, because as fun <laughs> as it would be to GM it, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to play in that system. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, right? So, back to the con. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lay it on me. What's, what's the uh, what's the big picture? Well, the big picture is we've got just it, it's it's like a page of events here and these are just the big things right so i you know right off the top i mean my favorite thing the thing i be, i was lobbying hardcore uh andrew oh uh, wait 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 are you about to drop the hungry hungry hippo tournament <laughs> no that i am in control of that i can do whatever i like i was going to be the bobby fisher of hungry hungry hippos till the fire alarm went off at uh, at, uh, at phoenix confusion uh <laughs> No, that's not what I'm talking about. No. I'm talking about Vincent Baker. Vincent freaking Baker. That is quite quite the prize pony, my friends. That is very nice. Very nice. So we're going to have him come in. Adam, who is mysteriously not here, uh, is going to interview him on stage. Oh, my God. So that's uh, Friday night. 
we're going to do that right after we have uh, Vital Lacerda, which is a very big Euro game uh, designer. He, and then after that's going to be Vincent. And, and we're going to do that. And that's just amazing. And he's going to come and he's going to run some games. He's probably, yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm lobbying for certain games to be run. Such as? Uh, such as Dogs in the Vineyard. Yes. Of course. Because we're in the West and if we don't get Dogs in the Vineyard here, because it, heck, if you could find that book, but let's, let's see it right. run. Uh, I, you know, I want him to run Apocalypse World. Of course. Like, that's like one of my favorite games of all time. And then I've been trying to kind of lobby for, uh, p- kill puppies for Satan, but we'll see if that happens <laughs> or not. That's a different, uh, that, that might not happen, but I put it on the list. I, I, I think in this new era of kind of like RPG personalities, um, people don't really know how influential Vincent Baker is. I don't think people understand the like what a forward thinker and just what an impressive designer he is and what how what how what he's done to change the language of game design. And I and I say all of that completely kind of grossly overlooking his partner and I and the only reason is because I don't know how to say her name. Can you is is it Megawi? We we well, don't know. Yeah, I don't. McGay. Vin- it's McGay. 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 Vincent and McGay Baker, because they're both credited on the cover of Apocalypse World. Right, and they're they both, should be. Right, they're co-designers of that game, so I don't want to just hand it all to him. Um, but what's interesting about him is I remember way before Apocalypse World com- came out, I was just like reading some kind of RPG rag somewhere, some magazine, and it was like, it was like, oh, top game of this year. This weird little dogs in the vineyard game. You gotta fucking see this thing. You gotta play it. You gotta experience it. And this is back when I was like Mister like D and D three point five or something. You know, and I was yeah. like, it's like this, this fucking sounds so weird. Like, why the fuck would I play this game? How many source books does it have? Does it have? <laughs> and I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand what it was at all. And now, like years later, then I I, I encounter Apocalypse World. I'm encountering the whole PBTA thing, and then I'm and it gives me that moment of looking back and thinking. Holy shit! This guy was like really onto something very early on. So it's quite a coup because you're having them both out, or just Vincent? Just Vincent. Um, unfortunately, uh, we might have been. I we're trying to get what we can get, and it's uh, it's a coup just to get somebody like that out here. It and is. and I I would love to have them back, uh, both of them next time in a few years when we can and afford I'm that again. I'm just gnashing my fucking teeth that this is the year I'm going to Adepticon. I can't I, believe no. it. <laughs> I know. I, I love that we're doing this show with just you because we're going to sh- we're gonna preview this for you and you can't be there. Dick. <laughs> I've, been, I've been throwing this in his face for a couple, <laughs> yeah, for a couple yeah. months it's now, actually. Gonna, it's just going to keep happening. Um, Great, great. So uh, what, what else you got? What else so, you got, so, uh, You said you had, some, you had something that you wanted to kind of talk about. Well, well we've got uh, a lot of other cool guests lined up. We've got Suzanne Sheldon from the Dice Tower, uh, who's going to do our interview with Vital Lacerda. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, Dice Ministry. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. I, I Okay. Full disclosure, I just discovered them rando style on Instagram. I was just Instagramming, nice. and I was like, oh, who are these guys? Here's some people playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm like, oh, they're from fucking down the street or whatever. Right. They're like across town. Right. They're like, it's like in Blade Runner, like the novel when like he goes to that other town, and there's like a whole other thing going on there, <laughs> but it's all androids or whatever. Um, 
So, so you're having them out. Yeah, Dice, Dice Ministry, they're, they're going to come out. They're going to do uh, a couple of live plays on site. Uh, so you, you, you can be a part of that, uh, be on the show. Uh, really cool crew of people, and I, I really recommend checking it out. They just went live on YouTube, so you can check it out uh, on YouTube. And, and there are 12 of them. There's yeah. a lot of uh, them. There are like 12, 12 of them. And and they're going to do two shows, I think, with two different crews. So it's oh, not cool. so it's not just the same crew over and over again. We got we're let we're letting them all in like the whole circus ministry, and then oh. <laughs> and uh, and then we're gonna and they're gonna play two different games, and uh, we're we're really excited about that. But b- before that, we'll have Happy Time Dungeon Hour. I was gonna oh, yeah. ask you guys. <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah. Gonna, so so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a happy time dungeon hour, huh? Yeah. Uh, Sounds uh, like you guys are gonna be busy, man. Are well, you guys gonna get any sleep in, in during this all this madness? I've been ordered to sleep. I yeah, uh, actually R- yeah. Richard keeps hammering me, telling me that I have to plan some downtime. Yes. I don't know if that's out of concern for like the last couple of years where I've I've just pushed and gone into zombie Look, mode. Look, he's but. got his iron seat iron GM seat. You know, he will sit through the whole con if I don't get him out of the behind the desk at least a few times, which is great and also bad for your health. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I really love last year, uh, Richard. I don't know how he did it. He tricked me into going for pizza. It's just like, hey, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, all right. And uh, we're drinking beer down at uh, Queen's Pizza. And, and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I have responsibilities. I got to get back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're, you're you're a soldier, dude. Like I remember listening to a, a wrecking crew uh, thing where you were like talking about like sleeping on a floor at Gen Con. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. I no, no, no that, that. that was that was the experience I want though. I mean, that's that's <laughs> what I, I I love. I love gaming. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've got years to make up for, and and eventually I'll be like you know fifty or sixty years old, and I won't be able to sleep on the floor because I have back problems and whatnot. But but right now is like the renaissance of my youth and and enjoying the whole experience. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run as many games as I can and and just go complete balls out on everything I can do. That's fucking inspiring, dude. So. I love it. I yeah. fucking love this, it. But, what a midlife thing to have here is my role-playing midlife crisis, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want it to be your end-life crisis. <laughs> so we'll just keep, you know, we keep get you up. I want you to around as long as possible to help me uh, keep building this community. <laughs> and and we've got like, uh, we have D&D Adventures League yeah. is going to run Gate, an epic. Gate, Gateway Games has taken over 10 tables. They've given me a full schedule. So there will be events going on all weekend. Uh, if you're a, an Adventures League player, uh, there's going to be... I, I don't even know. There's there's some stuff that I don't even have descriptions for because it's not out yet. So there will be some new hotness uh, coming to our event. But the, but the big thing they're doing for us is a four-hour epic charity uh, epic charity epic it's gonna be five bucks to enter and then you can buy inspiration on any rolls for a dollar all the proceeds will go to benefit phoenix children's hospital so it's a good cause uh and it's going to be 10 tables running tiers one through three uh it's going to be awesome uh i've seen what lesson gateway games put on before uh at phoenix comic con and let's just a quick Take a, squ- a second to describe Les's costume for the epic, because he actually wore he he was dressed as the devil. All right, 
So you, you have you, my attention, sir. All right. Well, wearing uh, your your shirt as you are, as I am. Yeah. Uh, he was dressed all in red, with like a cape and horns. Uh huh. And and he, I think he had his face painted red. Okay. But he was playing the devil for this epic, <laughs> so uh, it was it was amazing. And they like announced their top tier players like wrestling entrances. So they got oh, their own they got their own theme songs and like basically a wrestling style announcement for them as they came in. No fireworks though, huh? Uh, well, it's Probably indoors. No so you know, that's yeah. the thing is when I did, uh, I remember distinctly doing Happy Time Dungeon Hour and requesting fireworks, and I just didn't get them. Laser show, man. Laser show, some fog machines. Well, we, we, we got shot down by the MPAA for the the music you guys wanted. Yeah, so like yeah. that was a. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so so it's 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 a big deal. It's it's going to be part uh, traditional Great. sitting at the table playing role playing game, um, and then there's a, a couple of portions where you stand up. You're trying to get clues from other tables, and yeah, so it's you have like to a, s- a living campaign, li- right? Li- li- yeah, yeah, and it's it's a little bit larpish, um, and it gives you a good break, so you're not just sitting constantly. Uh, but it, it's going to be the the reclamation of Flan. Uh, which is uh, one that came out last year. It's a PH, not an F. It's yeah, P-H-L-A-N. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Uh, Why would they do that? Because they didn't want it to be a dessert. Oh, <laughs> all right. Okay. It will be delicious. But uh, no, it's 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 Les always puts on an awesome, awesome show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a big event. Uh, on top of that, we have... Uh, uh, ASU Adventurers Club is going to be coming out running a mega dungeon. Oh, good. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have uh, a whole bunch of tables set up and it, you're going to have a, a level four D&D fifth edition character. Uh, and it's an explore the dungeon at your leisure. So every table is a different section of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you jump from section to section, they'll direct you what table you're supposed to go to as you try to solve puzzles collaboratively and eventually get to the big climactic... Uh, you know what's so weird, right? Like, I'm at Game Depot, okay? I'm at Game Depot hanging out, and the owner there, Patty, she directs me to this table. She's like, oh, you should meet these guys. They're they're in charge of the um, ASU... D and D club or whatever. Yep. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, what the what the fuck? Like seriously, I went to ASU. I went to Arizona State University, and at that point, there I'm, I'm old. There were there, you know, I think there were like some scattered groups of kids on campus who were playing different role playing games, and we were like fucking hiding in our apartments because that was when like ASU was like known for you know being in Playboy and the, uh, par- the party and, school, yeah, and stuff like that. Like the the frat boys were like shooting porns in their in their in their dorm rooms, and then the being like upset when the school was upset with them for that. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it was this radically different scene than like role playing. So I go up to these kids and I'm like, I'm like, hey, you're doing D and D at ASU? That's so great! Like, is there anything that we can do to help you out? And they're like, we had like 150 people at our last event. We had like 30 GMs with, like all at their own table. I was like, I'm just like, what the what the fuck? Are you serious? Like, it's a it's a different world, man. They've got a so, grant to role play. Yeah, man. I mean, can you imagine that being in college and just like walking into a big ass hall and it's like a con on like Friday night and just like, oh yeah, just just come hang out. Why you would know? you ever leave? Yeah, exactly, and then, and it's and it's like uh, the like the gaming world has changed so much, and in its in its complexion and in its diversity. So you're, you walk in and it's and there's probably like a a, a better uh, distribution of um of, of people of different genders, you know. So it's like um, 
It's a completely it's a completely different world. Completely no, different yeah. than those crummy fucking cyberpunk games I ran back in the day. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm sure there's still some crummy games around there somewhere. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, um, so what what what's what what's your anticipated uh, attendance this year? You think yours well, gonna be? We're well, uh, we're working on the premise of fourteen hundred. Really? That's our premise. That's oh, our premise. We had a we had eight hundred last year. Okay. We're getting real. We're we're double ticket sales of last year already. Not oh, for du- like our, our year pre-sales to date. are going year to the, date yeah. uh, over the same timeline. We're double where we were last year. My God, already. It it looks like it can happen. Now there's a hockey stick that has to happen later in the sales uh, curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because gamers like to wait till the last minute. Sure. Right. So, but what we're hoping we're we're doing a lot of you know social media and stuff right now, and we're trying to uh, encourage everyone a more a much more diverse crowd to come as well as the old the old classics like sure. us. Sure. Sure. So we're gonna have a women's track gaming oh yeah so i saw you guys post this on facebook yep. and then immediately the fucking grognards oh, started trying to geez. tear you down for that what the fuck was that shit about i was uh, so incensed you know and it's 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 i i was upset at first and then it's like you know what it's not worth the time and energy there for as many people you know there's like six comments that were negative about it or, or grousing about it but i want to say there were over 20 positive comments saying yeah. this is what i want this is yeah. what i've been looking for this is what we need to do mostly from women so yeah they want to it, be more involved in the community but yep. don't want to deal with a bunch of bullshit you know the the idea came from uh we, we went to rincon uh and karen had a uh, women's gaming suite. They set up in a, a hotel room and I wish that we had the ability to do a, a hotel room for it. But uh, we, we heard a lot of positive feedback on the change in the dynamic when you are playing with women gamers, when you're being taught by women. Uh, and so we wanted to bring that to the show. Um, we, we got some, some great ideas. We've got some awesome people involved uh, and it's, it's, looking pretty good after that post went live we had we were looking and i was like okay i've got like two or three gms and now it's it's a plethora there there are so many people wanting to run games we're we're gonna have this a full schedule the entire weekend you could just game nothing but women's gaming and 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 to be clear i want to be absolutely inclusive in this when we say women's gaming this is trans inclusive so if you identify as a woman you're welcome at that table also wonderful uh so but it's it's going to be awesome and you know, fuck the haters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but the, I mean, the haters were just so drowned out by such good energy from the rest of the female gaming community. Yeah. That it was like, okay, whatever. Bye, guys. I know. Like, this, this is just straight up an objective good. I'm really happy that you guys are leading the charge on this. Uh, you know, Heather's been getting more involved in FMRPG. She's doing some writing. She's wanting to run some games. She's struggling with some of this anxiety that comes with running the games. And she's struggling with a little bit of stage fright issues. But part of being in FMRPG is you got to go to cons. When you go to cons, you got to run games. And like, and I, and I told her that at the outset. I'm like, you're going to run some games? She said, yes. And this is just such a better situation for her. She She's very excited. She wants a table. I hope you haven't booked out your tables yet. At the very least, I'd like to... Ha- I, 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 I'm hoping you can get her one table. She, Fantastic. She's, she's in the list of games. Uh, we already started talking to her a little bit earlier. Wonderful. And she's already on the list. We just have to get some 
descriptions, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, she better run that fucking vampire game that she's been talking about. I got I got people I got people who talk to me via like Instagram and via Facebook and stuff. People who literally don't even live on this continent and they'll write me like, "Oh, how's Heather's how's Heather's vampire game going?" Because they're very excited by it and they're excited about the way that she talks about it. Sounds like it's a great game, and I just really want to see it get off the ground. And I was really excited for the character I made. So, like, (laughs) it might be a... a, I got got a lot of characters laying around here. Uh, Oh, the burns. Richard with the burns. All right. Well, well, one last shout-out on the women's gaming track is that uh, Dawn from the Wrecking Crew has taken the lead. She's going to be organizing this for us because, you know, we we want this to be a women-led event. So I just want to make sure that we give full credit to Dawn for for taking up this uh, gauntlet. Uh, and and she's gonna rock. Excellent. So. Yes, uh, I have been privileged enough to meet her at Gen Con. Yeah, she's super great. She's fucking old school. She taught you to game, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So hell yeah, that is great. I'm very excited by what you guys are doing, and I am just absolutely sick that I'm gonna miss it because I just did not know that I was double booking. I had every intention of being there. Oh, I know, I know. Um. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, Daryl. You do something that is very near and dear to my heart, which is that you have a night at a game store where you spread the good word about the world of darkness. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? So so uh, last year, I, I made it a goal that I wanted to start running more, and I wanted to start running specifically the Chronicles of Darkness games because I'm just in love with the system. Uh, the challenge was I didn't want to bog myself down with waiting for conventions and trying to run just four hour one shots. I really, I really love convention gaming. That is, that's where I cut my teeth as a GM and that's where I really want to, uh, excel and and continue to excel. But I wanted to explore what's a longer game. Like, what does it look like when you have to plan for multiple sessions? Uh, what do you do when the players go way off track? And so I started, I started what's called monster Mondays at games. You, that's uh, in uh, what Chandler Chandler Arizona. That's, uh, that's on, in uh, the Gilbert area on sure. Baseline and uh, Stapley. Stapley, yep. Stapley, the southeast corner. Right, right, right. Baseline and Stapley by the by the Mexican food joint. Go yep. ahead. Yeah. So uh, I, I put out a call for players, and I was delighted. A couple of the players who had been coming to my con games decided to jump in. Uh, so, and that's you know Stephen and and uh, Dominique, some awesome role players. Uh, I got a couple of new people, uh, Rebecca, who had played at a couple of conventions and was interested in playing some more. Uh, Zach, who's a miniatures player, showed up and uh, I was like, all right, you know, let's let's just let's start with the Mortals game and, and see what happens. Let's do some character creation. Uh, I threw out a scenario where they were the uh, camp counselors at a camp. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with my narrative style. I'm going to go with everything I learned from the apocalypse world powered by the apocalypse system and let the players write my game for me. I didn't, I didn't really have any major themes or ideas. I was just like creepy summer camp, you know, it could go so many directions. And so as they made their characters, I I kind of, uh, I, I got an idea and we played our first couple of sessions and it was, it was funny. It was lighthearted, but I love horror gaming for the shock value for horror. When, yeah. For well, the horror. Well, the, there's, there's, there's horror that starts out where, you know, it's going to be horrible. You know, when you watch Friday the 13th, you know what you're in for. When you watch uh, nightmare on Elm street, you know that you're going to be shocked by the visuals in it. Uh, you're prepared for it. You know, you're, you're steeled against it. So the first couple sessions, it's like, yeah, okay. Wacky, 
fun, happy time. And uh, then the campers started to, to riot a little bit and start, you know, a couple slipped away. Uh, creepy things started happening. And then they found a girl next to a half-eaten horse. And things kind of turned dark really quickly. And I loved the the watching the players' expressions just concern. And they're like, oh, it's the little girl. And I'm like, all right, oh, some, something's wrong with the little girl. All right. But it was, it was fun watching the story develop, watching the arc come around. Uh, and we, we had a lot of fun. We had a couple of drop-in players who just showed up and made characters on the spot, uh, which was equally fun for me as a GM because, again, coming from the PBTA system, you get to play as the GM. You're... You, your story is being written for you. And so weaving those story elements that the characters are bringing to your table is more challenging than just waiting for the players reactions to your events because you've got something new to deal with. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And we, we wrapped up the system uh, with some loose ends and decided, Hey, you know, we'll just move on to the next game and there'll be some continuous elements of this, this story. This plot's just going to keep going into all the other splats. And we made an agreement that we were going to get through all of the Chronicles of Darkness first edition splats. Holy shit. So all order. I, I, that's, that's crazy. I was thinking, you know, six weeks per game, we can get through, you know, six of the mains and then a couple of the weird ones. Uh, but we, we set up a hunter game, uh, Again, low tier had had some fun with making characters, and that's where things got really real for me as a GM. Learning how players can manipulate your story. I had cool table props. I was really proud. I was like, I want you know, I really got to up my game for these people. They're 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 showing up. They're they're enjoying it, and so I started making newspapers. Uh, just one sheet, you know, old punk rock style high school <laughs> newspaper deals. Uh, with the idea that I would I would throw out some story pl- plot hooks and see which ones they liked and and slip them information that they wouldn't otherwise have to kind of accelerate the plot. Uh, the problem I ran into is even with all of that, I needed filler. I needed like a couple of things that were nothing. Yeah. Just to like, you know, so it wasn't obvious like, oh, yeah. here's your 10 plot points for the week. Right, right, right. You won't be leading by the nose. <clears throat> right. Well, so... I had I had a uh, in the second edition of the newspaper, we had a uh, a kid who had committed suicide under really weird circumstances, and I'm like, that's a major hook. Uh, the sheriff was investigating them, and that's how they found out that they were under investigation is through the newspaper, and that kind of put them on edge. Uh, I even th- uh, there's a, a section for the angry librarian trying to retrieve overdue books, and there's a clue embedded in there, and one of the books and who had it, and and players should go after this kid who had overdue library fees. You know, uh, the problem was that I had a filler article. I was trying to think. Now this is a small town uh, set in the middle of nowhere, and I, I used to live in a really small rural town. Oh yeah, uh, same, same. Can- Canby, Oregon is the seat of the Clackamas County. Uh, it's the home of the Clackamas County Fairgrounds, so I I could walk to the the county fair every summer and just go enjoy nights, you know, throwing up on rides, eating cotton candy and and whatnot. And I was trying to think, you know, what's if I was going to explain that to a city goer, what's the best way to give them the small town flavor? A jam contest. It doesn't get any better than old ladies competing for who's got the best jam. So I put an article about it. Uh, Miss Ida Meddlesome's fantastic blue ribbon winning jam. <laughs> Handed out the newspaper at the table. I'm watching them. They're, they're reading it. I'm, I'm listening to the banter. And one of the players picks up on the suicide. They're like, oh, we should, we should check into that. And another one's like, but this book, that's the book we're supposed to be going after. 
And then one of the players, no guys, we got to go get some of this jam. I'm like, what, jam? What? No, no. But it's I don't want I don't want to take it away from them. You know, it's jam. So we 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 did the whole session, and then at the end of it, the player raised her hand. And she says, "I just I really want to go get that jam." And I'm like, "Okay." She's playing a telekinetic psychic, and manages to get in a bidding war with the guy, and it turned into a big to do on getting the last jar of jam. So defeated at the end of the night, I, I went into work the next day, and I, I sat down at the table, and I looked at Richard, and I said, "Richard, what do I do with jam?" How do I introduce oh. jam into a horror oh, plot? Oh, my friend, so oh. much wasn't we that, can do. Wasn't, that a, wasn't there a whole movie about that? The stuff. The stuff. Yeah, that, well, that's 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 kind of where we went with it. And I'm like, all right, all right. And I had a demonic plot going on. It was it was kind of God Machine Chronicle-esque. I wanted to steal some of those elements. So, uh, so at the end of it, did they have this idea that like that was always the game? Or did they know that you had made this hard left turn? So interestingly enough, it, it ended up being such a major component of our plot that it felt really organic. I don't know if they have heard the whole story on, on how much of a curveball that was for me. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it was awesome. And they actually absolutely failed to save the world from Miss Ida Mendelssohn's jam. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it nice ended up being fuckers. a major so strong. We 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 I I, I had a uh, a descriptive narrative portion where Miss Ida Meddlesome had uh, contacted the players, and the effects of the jam were very apparent as she like six hundred pound woman slips down the stairs and splits herself wide open and then stands up. Uh, one of the players takes the, her character sheet and puts it over her eyes like she can block out the story by hiding. And I was like, that's that's so wonderful. Oh, horror gaming. So so the uh, it, was, it was just so cool. And I, I love that kind of thing. Uh, the best part of it is that when we started up the Promethean side of the game, uh, very early on, I'm like, I got to have a callback. And so they're, they're uh, raiding the Red Rock Pie Shop uh, which is a set piece I've always wanted to use in a game. Just a, a pie shop in the middle of nowhere. Creepy little neon lit diner. Oh, I love that stuff. Americana, uh, boom. And uh, they're, they're, they're facing down a, a Pandoran monstrosity and fighting it. And then out of the blue, I'm like, out of the corner of your eye. There it is on the shelf. She's making pie out of jam. <laughs> and the table went quiet. And they're like, what's on the label? It's metal sums. <laughs> it's not going to be a thing. Yeah, and yeah. the players know that, but it was just it was a nice like you know moment of of callback and and continuity in the universe. Uh, no, that's the, a that's a cool gift for your players, <coughs> you know, to incorporate that in to give them that feeling. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so so we're continuing on. We've decided that we're actually going to save the character sheets from all the characters that they've made. And at the uh, end of the, the run, we're going to pick our favorite characters and put them together in one party for one last adventure <laughs> to go and pick up the loose pieces they left behind. A, a bus full of uh, possessed children escaped them. The jam is on its, you know, uh, way across national distribution. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be uh, Infinity Wars. Right. It's, it's going to be Infinity Wars. They're all, everybody is in one spot. It's going to be best of. So, so it's, it's a lot of fun. 
cool uh, cool and how how has the response been from the like community there are they like getting into the world of darkness are they picking up books how, how how's the how's the reaction to the shop been so we we actually recently stepped away from the shop for our monday nights really uh it it got kind of loud i don't know that we were the cause of it but role-playing at games U has gone through the roof they've got a, a mega D session going on uh, we had to fight and reserve. We had to have somebody get there early to reserve a table for us just so we could play, uh, which was awesome. Uh, on Mondays, we don't go there on, on Mondays. Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was just in there the other day and I was like, I wonder if they're like discontinuing role playing. Doesn't seem like there's much here. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, so uh, unfortunately, we've stepped away, but. Uh, I've had a lot of people contacting me uh, wanting to get in on the game. We we had an incident during our Hunter game trying to introduce somebody late in the game. Uh, and so we've kind of come up with a, an idea with the core group that we've got that we're, we're going to bring people in the beginning, but we're not going to bring people in in the middle of the story. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, with Promethean being kind of a longer story arc, uh, I came up with an awesome idea. I was like, you know, writing writing story is hard. It can be really challenging, especially coming up with really well fleshed out characters, because I know what I like, but players are more creative infinitely than I am. So I sat down with a group that we were calling opposing forces. Uh, there is a there is an opposing force in the, the storyline uh, that was largely developed by another group, and we're going to get together during major conflicts in the story. And let them play the other side so that I can see, you know, okay, you know, as much as I know how I would want the NPCs to react, I'm going to give these other players a chance to do it. Uh, and that's kind of how I'm keeping it alive. And I'm, I'm going to start doing uh, some more gigs. I want to get back and I want to do more one shot, I think, for demos. Because uh, as fun as the continuing story is, it's limiting in terms of players coming in and out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was I was stoked for Monster Mondays in that I had thought it was a going to be like an anchor for World of Darkness in shops. Uh, World of Darkness hasn't gotten their shit together, so they aren't in shops. Right. So you know, I'm just happy that you're out there doing the thing that you're doing, man. I'm ha- I'm ha- happy that you're out there winning hearts and minds. Good well, on you, man. Well, it like I say, it's it's been good advertising uh, for Onyx Path. Um, Wrecking Crew's still doing a lot of stuff. We're still showing up at conventions. I'm still going to go to uh, uh, Comic-Con in, in July-ish? Well, whenever yeah, it is. Summer. Uh, August. And, and do my do my thing there. Uh, I'm learning a lot about how to attract people. I've got a giant poster-sized character sheet that Richard helped me print out. Uh, that's a great table prop to be like, okay, when I tell you to roll Resolve plus Composure and whip out my laser pointer, this plus this. Interesting. Yeah. Help them see their <laughs> nice. character sheet, a giant map board, dry erase map board. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of carrying it all together. Uh, what's exciting is, is e, with the challenges that White Wolf specifically is having right now, uh, in terms of their reorganization and getting things released, uh, Onyx Path is still rocking. Uh, they just finished their, uh, not necessarily in the Chronicles of Darkness line. But, I mean, here's the thing, man. We could get, we could talk about this all night. But like, yo, this whole like existing as an idea that's online that like you have to go to a specific web page and interact with it there. And the only way you know that that inter- that page exists is if you interact with somebody who tells you that it exists and then they convince you to interact with it. It's like, uh, I, I feel like they 
pioneered this model. I feel like that model hasn't worked out very well, and I feel like they need to be back in the game stores. And White Wolf Prime was like, no, seriously, we're getting back in the game stores, and they fumbled it. So it's like, I mean, I understand that like Onyx Path is still kicking out lots of books and stuff, but um, those games are never going to reach even a fraction of the level that they once occupied until they have some shelf space visibility. You sure. know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Now, to that point, uh, something that I think we've helped accelerate is as the second edition is rolling out, uh, we're finding more and more books at Bookman's, the, uh, all the secondhand stores, yeah. Uh, and I'm finding the core books left and right. You know, I was I was struggling to find them a year ago, mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. now it's like I can't. I, I can pick up Werewolf anywhere, Forsaken. Uh, I can pick up the Vampire Requiem book. I think I've bought four of them now, so they're they're out there and available. Uh, and I I know people are looking for them, so uh, it's 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 picking up traction that way. Sure, there's a there's a secondary market for it, and the, some of those like collector prices that you were seeing kind of a year or two ago are falling, which it was a ridiculous barrier to entry that never should have been there to begin with. Uh, so I agree, it's it's in, in a sense the game is becoming more accessible, but um, the and as much as those companies rely on guys like us to kind of get into the street and get it on the podcast and stuff like that and get the word out, it's like I kind of feel like. Uh, they maybe have gone a little bit too far into the 21st century and are and, and they need to remember like that they have this like sh- you know burden they have to carry too you know they gotta yo if nobody knows about the game if there's no game to know about you know what I'm right. saying you got absolutely it's, it's gotta be out there anyway I'm sorry to be all fucking um salty about it I you know no it's it's a challenge but that's that's why we're doing what we're doing you know that's that's why I I show up at cons and do what I do that's why the wrecking crew's out there demoing stuff uh, making sure the latest games get get on the table Uh, there's just you know it's it's for me I got into it because of the Chronicles of Darkness system because uh, you know I I don't think I'll ever know as much about the original world of darkness as as some of you who have been around a lot longer in that system than I have Um, yeah, <laughs> that's like being like the Gilgan's Island trivia champion. I mean, like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just you know, like, it, for for me personally, it was intimidating. So the the Chronicles of Darkness, the the story path system idea, is a lot easier to jump into, and the fact that it is so uh, uh, grab bag, mix and match. Um, you can you can pick up any book, and there's a million ideas to run with. Uh, in addition to all of the SAS. Uh, systems and all of the stuff that's available on uh, Storytellers Vault now. Uh, there's just so much out there. Uh, it's a good time to get in. I'm I'm excited. I, I still just I love it. Uh, I'm also loving some of the newer games. You know, I've, I've got Cavaliers of Mars. I got a copy of. Uh, they came from beneath the sea is out, and that I, I missed the Kickstarter. I'm I'm kicking myself on that because it looks like it's going to be a fun game. <laughs> I'm stoked for Deviant. We're supposed to get a look at Deviant this year. Yeah, at last, which I'm stoked for. I'm stoked for that quite a bit, gentlemen. It has been fun. Uh, why don't you let? Oh, you, what, 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 what I was going to plug. Oh, I was about to say, why don't you let the ladies and gentlemen at home know how they can interact with you? All right. So Arizona Game Fair, pretty much all the socials. I'm now on the Instagram, so I'm adding some RPG love on the Instagram. So follow us at Arizona Game Fair on Instagram. And, uh, you know, 
I'm going to be putting some more out there for that. Uh, if you are in the area, or even if you're not, if you're going to be in Arizona for Arizona Game Fair and you want to run some games, ArizonaGameFair.com slash submissions. February 15th is the deadline. Please, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assured that this will get out before then, but even if not... You know, we, we, we it will be out. All right. Uh, and then uh, if you are a designer or uh, somebody you want, we're going to be doing, we have a huge game, uh, board game library. We have like 600 plus board games. We're going to have an RPG library. So we're going to be carrying around big cases of books. So if you are a designer or you know one that would like to be, have your some advertisement in our library, or donate to uh, the school that Daryl's donating RPG books to. Contact us at RPG at ArizonaGameFair.com and uh, get at us. We can uh, work some things out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I think that was that was my plug was those two things. And- Solid. Right. How can they get uh, at you? How can they get you, Daryl? Uh, RPG at ArizonaGameFair.com is the email you can reach me for Arizona Game Fair related items. Uh, you can also email me at, uh, uh, or email the Wrecking Crew uh, at TheWreckingCrew.com. Uh, what, what if somebody wants to particularly play in one of your games for Monster Mondays? Can they, can they, how can they reach you? Uh, if you wanted to reach me for that, uh, my email address is xrobingoodfellowx at yahoo.com. Uh, email me if you have questions, if you need help setting it up, if you want to borrow source books, uh, let me know. We'll, we'll get that covered, but I'd love to set up some smaller games. I'm actually traveling to Tucson next month to run for a group down there. So have books will travel. I'm, I'm a traveling GM, uh, book me for your, I, I did a birthday party this year. I mean, it's, it's been kind of a wild ride, but I, I love to run and I, I want to come run for your group. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So the last little closing business. I uh, just want to give a shout out to Eye of Horacy Pod Eye of Horacy Eye of Horace Podcast in Australia. Um, if you're looking for a rad ass Necromunda podcast, hit that one up. It's fucking amazing. Um, our sponsors are Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, where we run our Friday night role playing club. We're gonna have one here this Friday, February first. We'll be down there playing games, and then every other week until we die. Um, uh, get at us on the Instagram. That's at Full Mill RPG. We're on Facebook. We have a web page, FullMillRPG.com, and we are still on Patreon, even though if you were one of our patrons, you probably wouldn't know it. We we need to really fucking be working that shit. Oh, yeah, I fucking revived the goddamn Twitter. It's not the Full Metal RPG Twitter. I was surprised to find that there is an old-ass Full Metal RPG Twitter, but if you type in Brendan Carey and find me on, 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 on Twitter, and I'll tweet with you if you want. Uh, it's been lovely having you gentlemen. Thank you for coming by and talking role-playing games with me. I fucking love role-playing games. I want to get... You guys have brought such an energy in here. I want to go out and role-play right now. Thank you very much for being on. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.